Hello, and welcome to the KE Report. I'm your host, Shad Markwitz, and I'm speaking today with Patty Nickel, President and CEO of Origin Royalties, and Marco Locasio, VP of Corporate Development. Origin Royalties is traded on the TSXV under the ticker OGN, and on the OTCQX under the ticker OGNRF. And gentlemen, it's great to get you on the show again. It's been a while. We were laughing off mic that it's been a couple of years since we've had an update. And I, I want to take people back to that interview just because when we were talking, a lot of this was more on the theoretical side of what could happen at some of these assets. And in particular, what could happen around a cornerstone asset for the company, and that's the Silicon and Merlin, the royalties that you have on those, that Anglo Gold Ashante is the operator there. At the time... They had taken over Corvus, and they had bought the sterling deposit from Quora Mining, and uh, they weren't really saying much about what was happening on the ground or what this could mean. And if you fast forward to today, they're now being very public about this being one of their key development projects. So, Patty, let's kick it off with just giving everybody an update on the Silicon and Merlin deposits that Anglo Gold Ashante is expanding and developing in Nevada. Uh, it's great. Thanks, Shad, and thanks for the introduction. Yeah, it's been a, a couple of years since since we last met. And I think back in the day when we were talking, we were had a portfolio of about 11 royalties. Uh, Irma Tanyo had not gone into production yet. There was a lot of speculation floating around on the Silicon Project. And you're right, Corvus had just been acquired by Angle Gold, which is, a, is sort of a, the neighbor of our royalty AOI for I think it was about a $450 million acquisition cost back then. And so you know, fast forward over the past couple of years, especially with respect to the two major royalty assets that we've got, Irma Tanyo is now in production. It's giving us uh, a tremendous amount of, of revenue each year. This year, we expect to be somewhere in the sort of 5.9 million range in terms of, of revenue on it. Um, we're profitable. We've been profitable ever since it went into production, in fact. And then the big story is obviously the Silicon and now what they call Merlin is actually unified to be called the Expanded Silicon Project. If you recall back then, we knew there was a lot of drilling going on, uh, lots of drill rigs, uh, lots of speculation, and a lot of that's proven to be true. They're now sitting on a 4.22 million ounce resource at the silicon deposit, which was announced in February of last year. And then the most recent announcement, which was actually on fri last Friday, was a 9.05 million ounce resource at Merlin. And that was sort of brand new from 2020. And so total combined exposure for us from our royalty, we have a 1% NSR there, is 13.27 million ounces. So it's been quite a change for us. And then obviously we've seen a good growth in our share price. Marco and I were chatting before the meeting today that our share price is in the high 30s, high 35, 6, 7 cent range. And we're now trading today at 79 cents. So we've had quite a rise, especially in this market that it's that it's been in so we're we're very pleased with the uh, progression and especially with so regarding the expanded silicon project yeah it's a nice summary marco because now you're a revenue generating company with ermitano in production and there's so much more color that's been put on the page as far as the greater silicon project with silicon and merlin marco i'll throw this one over to you i'm just curious now that it's been daylighted that there's nine million ounces at this project in Nevada that Anglo Gold Ashanti is working on. What kind of questions are you getting or what kind of feedback are you getting from investors calling into the company? Yeah, great question, Shad. I, I think, you know, as Patty mentioned, the news is still pretty fresh here, just a couple of days old on the uh, the 9 million ounce resource at Merlin. But there'd been, they'd put out an expiration target previously of, of six to 8 million ounces, which wasn't an official resource estimate, but 
indicated sort of where things were trending at Merlin. So we had some sense of where this was going, even though the the nine million ounce number was, I think, a bit better than than even we'd expected. And I think people are now wondering, you know, what is the time frame for development of the project? What is this going to look like as an asset when it goes into production? And there's still a number of outstanding questions there. Anglo are very busy taking all the work that they've done, all the drilling that they've done. And they announced as part of the update on Friday that they've uh, started work on a pre-feasibility study, which will take them the next 18 to 24 months to complete. The 9 million ounce resource is an inferred resource, so they have quite a bit of infill drilling to do to bring that up to uh, measured and indicated for inclusion in the pre-feasibility study. And, um, you know, so it'll be some time till we really get their stamp on what this all looks like. But in the meantime, they are talking about 500,000 ounces of annual production from uh, the district that they have in Nevada. And, um, you know, again, we'll, we'll get a better sense of time frame, but they're going to start working on the permitting, on the geotechnical and hydrogeological studies, all the background work that needs to take place in order to move this into production. Well, and Patty, I'm sure that there's people out there that maybe this is their first time hearing about the company, or maybe they're investors in the company, or maybe they're just looking at royalty companies and thinking, well, what else do you guys have to do on your end? I think the beauty of the royalty business is that you have that discovery optionality already built in. There's really not a whole lot more that you have to do. So maybe speak to that as far as the business model of the royalty companies, but also all the other assets you have in your portfolio can have the same kind of upside as far as more discoveries made by the companies that are doing the operations on those assets. Yeah, no, that's that's a, a good point to make and a good question. Look, we started off in 2020 as, as a sort of a purely focused royalty company. The business model that we employ is focused on prospect generation. And I think that right there is, is, is a prime differentiator when you compare us to a lot of the other royalty companies in our space. Most of them are are on the acquisition basis. We're on the royalty generation basis. And so when you look at some of the things that we've done, we take high quality early stage assets and we put those into exploration partners' hands. We clip cash payments, share payments, and always a royalty. That royalty is the key part of that transaction because that provides the leverage for future value creation. And so the royalty portfolio that we've got Again, back when we first met you, it was 11 royalties. We're now at 26. And I think 83% of those were generated in this manner. And of that group, we have now two key discoveries. And so the investments that we make into these projects are on the 100 to 150, sometimes $200,000 scale. And then it gives you that magnificent leverage into, you know, multi of multiples. And, and that's what Irma Tanyo and now Silicon is, is proving to be. And so because of the cash flow that we get from our prospect generation business, from the royalty at Ermitano, it's led to a strong balance sheet. So today we're sitting on a treasury of about 17.4 million. We don't have any debt, so we're not servicing any debt, which again is, is a differentiator amongst our peer group. And that's led to pretty strong share price performance, I would say, especially in this market. Again, compared to our group, our peer group, and compared to uh, gold in the GDXJ. And so the other side of our business, too, is that we do look at royalty acquisitions on a very specific, focused basis. So you won't see us bidding on some of the royalty portfolios that you've seen other groups do in the past. And so we used our geological expertise, our business development expertise, and we look for 
assets that provide strong risk-adjusted returns for our shareholders. And so, again, we were talking before the the show here about the Larica royalty that we picked up in Columbia is a, is a key example of that type of analysis that we do. Well, Marco, I may throw it over to you on that one because we were discussing that before the call and just a lot of people have seen some of the transaction the company has done. Even recently, you've created a, a few new royalties on some projects through the prospect generator model, but this was a little different in that you made an acquisition in Colombia of the La Rica project. So and it's a copper project. So maybe speak to how that fits into the portfolio and, and why you guys are excited about that asset. Yeah, absolutely, Shad. That was a, a unique opportunity for us and, and one that we're very excited about. Larica is a is a very prospective copper porphyry target in Colombia. It's uh, been known about for a long time since since the seventies, really. But due to the political environment and uh, sort of local security issues in that part of Colombia, it's never been drilled. And uh, the land position there has now been consolidated by a private company. They're large group, sophisticated, ex majors uh, employees involved. So so in very good hands at this stage. And uh, they're systematically working through a uh, sort of community consultation process to uh, be able to get access and and drill that project finally. But basically, if, if this deposit sat anywhere else in the world, it would have been drilled off a long time ago. It's on the same Indian copper porphyry belt that hosts all of the uh, big mines in Chile and Peru and up through into uh, into Panama. And so it's just the sort of unique history of Colombia that this thing hasn't been tested adequately yet at this stage. And it's indicative of the type of royalties that we're looking to find. Yes, it's early stage. We paid about 1.75 million US to acquire that royalty with some additional contingent payments should there be success down the road. And you know we think that if it works out, that could be a massive deposit and uh, you know therefore a, a very important royalty for us you know to, to patty's earlier point because we're generating most of our royalties internally we have the opportunity to get our hands on an asset like silicon which is really you know a high quality royalty it's it's in a great jurisdiction in nevada it's got a good operator in anglo gold ashanti we've talked about the resource size those types of assets are very hard for junior royalty companies to get their hands on and when we look at M&A opportunities, we're trying to find opportunities that have the potential, at least, to be on that scale of an Hermitano or a Silicon type of asset and, and really keep our portfolio a high quality portfolio. We're probably not going to have the most royalties of uh, compared to other companies in the space, but we think we have pretty high quality projects that are being actively worked by the operators and, and have the potential to be high quality mines down the road. Well, and Marco, I think another benefit of the royalty business model is not just the diversification in operators, not just the diversification maybe across several commodities, but also the diversification across several jurisdictions. So maybe just speak to that where, where the royalties are on the globe and the fact that compared to a single mining company that maybe has a single asset, you've spread your bets, you've spread your risk. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so as Patty mentioned, we've generated most of the royalties that we have in the portfolio. And and so their location reflects where we're active on the exploration side of the business. And that's primarily Western North America. So northern Mexico into Nevada and then up into British Columbia and uh, points north from there. When we look at acquisitions, I think we're a bit more open about where we where we look. So Colombia, we've talked about. We also made an acquisition of, of three royalties in Kenya back in 2022. Those we paid about 120,000 U.S., and vended a project to a distressed junior. 
And, uh, you know, so, so again, a relatively modest bet for us to make, but an opportunity to get into uh, a greenstone belt that uh, Chantagold is operating on. And uh, the, the licenses that we have the royalties on are extensions of their Sulu and Bushingala deposits. So, uh, you know, we're, we're much more open-minded about where we go uh, when we look at royalties. And uh, again, it's, it's all in the context of how much capital, how much uh, of shareholders' equity we're risking uh, in the process. But yeah, we, we do have a nice diversification and uh, would expect to continue to diversify as we grow the royalty portfolio. Well, Patty, I'm going to throw this one over to you. And, and it's really more of a, it's a forward-looking statement, but are there any assets that you have, any royalties that you think are underappreciated by the market? Maybe people aren't realizing how significant it could be as the project continues to develop. Yeah. I mean, apart from the the Larica one that Marco mentioned, there's a couple of projects that we have generated and optioned out or sold on to, to partners. And one of which was one actually that we discussed back in late 2021, which is the royalty that we've got on now it's called the MPD South Project, and that's held by Kodiak Copper. And as you know, Kodiak has been very active in, in what they had they could call things a gateway zone up in the MPD project in southern British Columbia. They bought our ground from us, which adjoins their claim block in uh, 2022, I suppose, or late 2021. And they have finally started to work on that project, and they've been getting fantastic results Nice intercepts close to surface, down as much as 900 meters in length. And so we're, we're pretty excited by what they've uncovered. They put several thousand meters of drilling into it last year. And uh, it sounds like they've got plans to, to do more this year. So that, you know, that's one that is still further out in the future, but it's got legs to become something quite significant. And we have a, a 2% net smelter return royalty on that. And then the other one that we've got is down in Nevada, which is with a group called Headwater Gold. You may have come across them in, in your interviews in the past. They have the Spring Peak Project. We optioned that out to them back in 2021 for cash payments and a royalty. So we have the opportunity to earn a half a percent NSR and buy another half. So 1% NSR in total, but they've been doing fantastic work. They drilled 11,000 meters there last year. They had uh, Newcrest as a funding partner on it, which is now Newmont. And so very successful drilling program over the over the past year. They've made a discovery. They're moving along strike, trying to add more ounces to what they've got already. And so we're, we're looking forward to the 2024 drilling program. We really think that they, they're, they're onto something there. And so we're very excited to see what their team can produce. And so, you know, we have nine active joint ventures out there today with private groups, juniors, we have majors, including groups like Nevada Gold Mines. And so any one of the projects that we've got can be sort of that next leg in the stool of valuation. And so we're always pulling for their partners to strike it, strike it rich, if you will. But but certainly there's a couple that are a little bit more advanced, which I just mentioned. But we're very bullish on all the programs and projects that, that we've got. Last year, we had close to $20 million being spent on our projects by our partners. I think that was somewhere in the range of 20 to 22,000 meters of drilling. So it was a lot of work that went on last year, all funded by partners, which again is an important distinction point to make about our, our business model. Well, speaking of partners, let's also bring into the mix here that you have a lot of different stakeholders in the stock, in the company, and it's mm -hmm. a pretty diversified stakeholder mix. Maybe walk us through that as well. 
Sure. I, I think when you look at the sort of the the larger picture of of origin, the the history of what origin was, which is actually two prospect generators, was largely a retail story. So we were mostly held by retail shareholders. That's starting to change. And over the years, we've had uh, Adrian Day, asset management. He's been a fantastic supporter of the company. And he and his clients hold close to 10% of the company. The Altius Minerals guys, you know them, Shad, they hold 15% and can go to 19.9% with a bunch of warrants that they hold in origin, which they'll undoubtedly take down in April. Uh, they're They've been fantastic shareholders and supporters for us. The Sprott Group, and this is the the group out of San Diego, so uh, Rick Rule's old shop, and the group down there, they hold close to 10% of us as well. And now we've got a, a small but growing institutional look to us. And you know, our our liquidity is still to the extent that you know the big funds don't come in and, and buy shares, but the smaller funds are certainly doing that. And so that is probably now about eight or nine percent of the stock is is an institutional has an institutional look to it. So the the makeup is changing, but we do, you know, very proud to have the the big shareholders that that we do on board today. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there, gentlemen. That's a pretty nice summary of what's going on as far as some of the assets, as far as some of the royalties that are moving down the pipeline of development towards production. Also, the fact that you have a producing royalty in place right now, generating revenues for the company, and a lot of projects that maybe people should do a deeper dive in and do a little research on because they're moving down the pipeline of exploration and development. And we'll put a link to the company news section underneath this interview. Gentlemen, Marco, Patty, it was great having you on the show today and looking forward to our next conversation. Shad, thanks very much. Thanks for having us.